0: Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. I believe this is episode 21. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by Justin Baxley. Justin, how are you this evening? I'm doing
1: well, man. Good to be back talking to Survivor. Uh, been a while with pandemic, just overall life craziness, some technical. It feels like we've gone through our own version of Survivor, uh, trying to get this podcast to
0: survive. Yeah. I mean, there have been some, there have been definitely some immunity challenges. Uh, true <laughs> immunity challenges. In fact, my kids this week experienced uh, a little COVID-19 outbreak at the camp that two of them go to. So, like, we just found out today that all of them tested negative. Um, so that's, that's good. All of my kids tested negative. Um, your, yours
1: aren't, aren't 12, so they can't get that vaccine yet, right?
0: Right. Yeah. My oldest is eight. So, yeah, they yeah. couldn't get a vaccine. And, and the oldest is also, he has asthma. So it's, it's a, it was a little bit yeah, dicey. A little iffy, right? you know like there there's just not a whole there will be there will be people who will try to tell you that like well the data says that well that's garbage because there's just not a whole lot of data on children right. much less children who have asthma yeah i i can go into a whole thing but i'm not but the, the the good news is that we uh we all passed that immunity challenge well i'll be real with you i didn't actually get tested because i've been vaccinated right. everybody else got tested and i was like if anybody tests positive i'll go get tested um yeah and they I didn't. Mean,
1: I, again, I got the vaccine too. Uh, I know we had lunch earlier this week, so I wasn't—I mean, I wasn't too concerned. And I think we're both—both both being vaccinated and pretty far out from our vaccines, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, mine was—mine uh, was in, two, mine was in two, March. Three months,
1: yeah, um, mine was in April. Yeah, somewhere in there.
0: So yeah, I mean, pretty much the
1: week I got eligible, I think I went and got it taken out and taken care oh, of.
0: I I looked out and got. I'm, you know, I work in the school system and because of, even though I'm not a teacher, I was eligible on March 8th. And yeah. on March 8th, I was able to get an appointment for my first dose. So we're good to go past that. Um, uh, we've had some technical difficulties. We're working with something new right now. We're working with uh, Spotify Green Room. Hopefully they'll be a sponsor at some point. So we'll, we'll mention them, go ahead and throw them a little free, free spot there. So we'll see how this works. Um, but Survivor, man, they, we surprisingly got some big news, sort of, um, what was it, about a week ago?
1: Somewhere in there, about a week, week and a half, somewhere. I mean, it, 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 time still feels like it's running together a little bit, Jeremy. I'm not going to lie <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel you.
1: Just, I, I still feel like we're on pandemic time to some degree. So, like, one week still feels like a month. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, I, I think it's about a week and a half, week or so ago, and uh, we got some pretty big news, right? Like, Jeff came out with a whole video, uh, kind of detailing some, uh, some maybe some new things with this new season that'll be coming out September twenty second.
0: Yeah, that's to me that that was to me that was the big news was that on September twenty second, that's going to be the first season of first episode of season forty one, um, and that's big because I, I just feel like with the pandemic, what we've seen a lot has been with movies or with TV shows or with events in life. It's like, Oh, this is coming soon. It's coming sometime in September because everybody is so tentative about promising something they can't deliver. Right. So to me, it was huge that he came out and said on his official, uh, social media and said September 22nd. Cause to me, that means one, they're through it. They're through filming. They're the editing is either done or they know they can get it done, and we will have a season that starts on September 22nd. So I'm I, huge, that's that's big. Well, and and I'll tell you, and I'll bring it up only because they're on the
1: same network. Big Brother just started two weeks ago, and for the longest time, that show teased early July, early July, early July. They would never say like July 8th or something they were they just kept saying early draw, which i know is a little different big brothers live you're well relatively live they have one live show every week they have two two edited shows and then a live show um so they actually have to go through that quarantining process in real time so when they say early july they had to obviously make sure that they could get through those i think it was like a two-week um period of 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 quarantine and making sure people got tested before they entered the house, that kind of thing. One girl actually got pulled because of, she tested positive for COVID, um, tested negative the day that the show started, which was sad, uh, that she didn't get to participate. But so the one good thing with survivor though, is we, we know that they've, they have finished filming. If I'm not mistaken on two seasons, um, is at least that's the rumor is that they, they've knocked out two seasons, um, of, that's been recorded already. Now, that's not to say they're edited, but they've recorded two seasons. Um, and if that's if that's the case, um, that September 22nd date feels very very much like they're not going to move it on us at the last second or anything.
0: No, and I would imagine at this point, you know, you're looking at right at two months out. I would imagine at this point, they probably got most of it in the can edited. Um, probably so. They're, well, they're,
1: I, the, the surprising thing for me, Jeremy, was actually Big Brother will not be done by the time they start. Um, with it being on the same network, I really thought Big Brother would would, would wrap up before they would start Survivor, if that makes sense. Um, but I think there's going to be like a two- to three-week overlap.
0: Which is weird um, because that fan base does overlap a little bit. The right. other thing... And... and um, You know the the with it having been because gosh it was, it was last April or so when or maybe May when Survivor Forty finished. Is that right? Mm, Was it May, man? I really thought it was earlier than that. I mean, you're probably right. It was. It was. It was. It was at the earliest. No, because it started in February. Right. And so I think it ran about three months. So I, it was April, May, something like that. But anyway, yeah. the point being, it's been over a year since Survivor had a season. So those right. first few episodes, people are going to be red hot to watch that. But also Big Brother is, so they're going to be coming down to the wire and people are going to be fired up to watch that. So I, I'm with you. I kind of, that kind of surprised me. I would have thought they would want to kind of spread out the amount of time that, uh-huh. that CBS has our eyes. But, right. Well,
1: and, and, maybe some of it is they want the overlap. They want to see the, because the thing is, Big Brother airs on Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Uh, which, if you're a Big Brother fan, man, that's a lot of watching to do a week. I'll be honest with you. Um, and if you throw in the fact that with Big Brother, you can watch feed. So Big Brother is almost like a seven day a week commitment. Um, if you're, if you're a super fan of that show, um, because you're watching the live feeds every day. You're also throwing in that you're watching three one hour shows, and sometimes they throw, they'll spring an extra an hour on you somewhere in there. Then you throw in Survivor, and that's another, you know, another uh, one to two hour commitment potentially and
0: from you. And- and then, if you're a fan of anything else, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like well, by that point, that by point. that point, baseball's still going. Football started. By the time this Survivor season's finished, basketball will be starting back up. I mean, this is, I, I that's a lot of time commitment for a lot of things that you really want to watch live. You know, you you right. you, you can delay Survivor and watch it the next day, and you know, especially if you avoid the you know, the Facebook groups or if you avoid. Um, you know, you you know how to avoid Twitter and things like that, but you know, a lot of a lot of those things we just mentioned are things you really want to watch live or close to live. So, yeah, man,
1: especially like for me, Big Brother, I don't watch live as much, but it's only because I watch the live feeds, which you have to watch live, right? And so, there's times for like the two edited shows, which is is uh, normally like Wednesday and Sunday. I normally don't watch the edited shows as much or I'll wait to watch them all like on a specific day. I only really want to watch the live show live because the feeds pretty much tell you what happens on the two edited shows. You know who wins uh, the power of veto because you see them on the, on the feeds where the veto necklace, things like that, uh, which I know if you're a Survivor fan and you, you do have some overlap, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I'm sorry, just bear with me, I promise. It's not a Big Brother podcast, but, to, but the point I'm making is Is that's a lot of reality TV for me to consume in a week. Um, And so to see this overlap is a little bit surprising, especially like you said. It's been a year since we've gotten Survivor. Um, Big Brother had a season during the pandemic. Um, I don't know if you remember that or not. They did an all-star season during the pandemic. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so they did a full all-star season in the middle of the pandemic. Now, granted, they missed out on a lot of really good all-stars because of the pandemic. Like it felt like it felt like all stars, but not all stars. It's almost like if you if you were pulling together a a thing for like season forty in Survivor, and instead of all winners, it was all like second, fourth, and fifth players from various seasons. Maybe they're memorable. Maybe they're not. They just needed to fill 20 slots for Big Brother, is what it kind of felt like. Um, so it didn't feel like a true All Star season. It was just a lot of returnees, which again, for a pandemic, for people that were starved for reality television, it was a good thing. Um, but I say and that, we de- and,
0: and we definitely got to that point with with Survivor, with everything. Like I feel like if Survivor had decided to, if CBS had decided to air old seasons of Survivor on the actual CBS network, you know, take take the time period and say, well listen, we had kind of blocked out that uh in September we were gonna do season forty one. In September of twenty twenty we were gonna do season forty one. If they had just said, you know what, instead we're gonna go back and we're gonna show season one. Yeah. And and play oh, an I episode every week. Season. Especially and really like I'm I'm developing this this idea in real time. Imagine if they had done season one and I don't know how this technology works, so maybe it's not possible. But if they had found a way to do it in HD, because I know, or or maybe not HD, but if they had found a way to like remaster that season a little bit, yeah, um, and just make it
1: look- a little. I've told you before that's been the big reason. Like, I can't get my mom to watch anything beyond like season eighteen and back. It's just because the HD, it's not HD, so it like shrinks on the television screen. She's got a like a sixty-five inch TV, yeah, and she doesn't want to watch a forty-inch image.
0: Yeah. So so imagine. So imagine if they had if they had gone back, like that's how starved for programming we were, and starved for like anything new and interesting during right. the pandemic. I mean, how many people watched a documentary about a tiger farmer in Louisiana or whatever that was? Oklahoma. So Oklahoma, whatever. So imagine. <laughs> so imagine if um, Survivor had come back and said, "All right, uh, we're gonna do season four. We're gonna do season one. It's remastered." How many weeks of the pandemic could they have eaten up just like r- running seasons back to back? We're going to start at one and we're going right. to keep running them. P- pick a night of the week where you don't have anything on and just we're, we're just going to run them until the pandemic's over. Look, we we, we were we were you're were right. We're starving. I knew the Oklahoma thing because my editor,
1: because I work for a newspaper for those that are tuning in for the first time or um, maybe you've forgotten kind of what <laughs> me and Jeremy are. I work for a newspaper here. My editor used to be an editor in Oklahoma and they made the tiger King, like the lead of their parade in Oklahoma one year and he had to go cover it. Um, so I knew that little bit of trivia only because of him, because I don't think I ever watched it, but like a lot of people were starved for that. Like I remember when sports was out, what did everybody watch for like six weeks? They threw out that last dance documentary. Yeah. Um, people, people thought that was the greatest thing that's ever, I mean, uh, you know, our mutual friend Daniel told told me that that's the best best television he's watched in years.
0: But I don't well, know that
1: it really was, and and that's not not the last dance. But I don't know that it was the best television, or if we were just starved for sports,
0: Jeremy. This podcast exists because we started watching old seasons of Survivor during the pandemic. I mean, that's 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 really what it boils down to. Right. We watch- yeah. I
1: mean, we just needed something to do.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> and and so I say all that to say that like kudos to Big Brother for pulling that together, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of glad Survivor kind of waited to to oh, get right. the full experience. And they had to because you could they weren't allowed uh, other countries didn't want us there. Yeah, uh, they couldn't give us, uh, you know, Survivor Kiowa Island or something. I actually, fact, I kind of would have liked to see, like, Survivor North Texas or something like that.
1: <laughs> Survivor, yeah, something de- desert-related. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: yeah,
1: or, or you know, but throw them in the middle of New York City and see how they survive.
0: <laughs> Survivor Louisiana Bayou, you know, like yeah. that might have that might have been fun. Worked.
1: But no, I mean, but you're right. Like I, I'm glad they waited, but we talk about them waiting, and you think of how red hot this fan base is going to be when this show drops. I do question the Brig Brother overlap. Um, and well, maybe maybe yeah. that's me yeah. making that up, but like in terms of. Maybe that's me making up uh, a, a concern that's not really a concern. Maybe maybe the overlap isn't as, as large, or even the overlap that is, it's people that are super fans of both shows.
0: But I, you know, and, and I think I think the issue is at some point, you know, you make fans make a choice because humans don't exist in a vacuum, right? Like, Correct. I'm not just a Survivor fan; I've got a family. You know, yeah. I've got a wife. I've got a wife that likes to see me sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes she watches Survivor with me. Sometimes she doesn't. She watched season thirty-eight. She watched some of season thirty-nine. She never said it, but I really think season thirty-nine kind of just took the wind out of her sails a little bit. Whereas for me, you and I had started talking about thirty-nine, so I was I had steam going for forty. But I, I just wonder well, how we much have, thirty-nine we drafted for thirty-nine, right? Or do we just draft for forty? We just drafted for forty, but we drafted for forty because you and I talked about season thirty-nine. Um, right.
1: Well, I think me and you had even towards the end of thirty-nine had started watching the episodes together. Maybe. Maybe a that- little.
0: Maybe a little, but I know my I, I we store we we would discuss thirty-nine because okay. yeah. I, I, well, know I, Je- I know I Je- know phone calls and stuff. Jesse and I watched thirty-nine together. Um. And then 40 is where we really started, you, you and I really started watching together. Um, but like there, you know, there are nights nice where like, I'm a huge Braves fan. In fact, I have the Braves on the iPad while we're recording. Right. Um, but there are nights where I don't end up watching the Braves game because, you know, we've got things going on, whether it's, whether it's my wife and I watching something, whether it's, uh, we got some, an event with the kids and, and we were out late. And so there's a, there's some concern there that, if 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 Survivor is Wednesday and, and Big Brother is Wednesday Thursday and Sunday or whatever it is, that at some point people are going to have to make decisions and which which of you, which product are they not going to watch? So I think there's definitely um, right. at least reason to mention, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: and again, I think it's a situation where like I will definitely pick and choose the one I will watch. And I mean, honestly, with it being a year since I've seen it, Survivor is going to take precedence. Survivor's my favorite show anyway. I prefer Survivor to Big Brother. I've made that pretty clear. I love Big Brother. I enjoy watching it from time to time. But it's not my number one show like Survivor. And so, when when you do kind of present me with that choice, there's only going to be one night where I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to watch Big Brother over Survivor, and that's my finale night. Because at that point, I've invested a full season into watching Big Brother. I want to watch the finale. Um, but outside of that, like... <laughs> It's going to be a pretty clear choice for me that I'm going to want to watch survivor. Um, the other thing, um, and we can kind of, if we want to continue talking about, that, we can, but I think the big transition here is what Jeff said in that video a little bit. Um, he mentioned the one, the, the big line that stood out to me was, we're calling this season 41, but you can drop the four. Yep. It's basically like one all over again. We're starting over.
0: Yeah, he said he called it season 2.0. He said, uh, you call it season 41, or you can drop the 40 and, 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 and say one. Now, you and I have discussed a little bit that, um, you're a big fan of story arcs. You're a big fan of character arcs. And obviously, especially af- in the, in the moments after the final, uh, Edge of Extinction return challenge on season 40, it really felt like we were wrapping up some, some arcs. I feel like people like Tyson and Rob, uh, I feel like there were a couple others, that Jeff kind of gave them a moment where it almost felt like they were officially retiring from the game. Right. Um, and we, so...
1: We, we've uh, talked about before
0: that they needed to do that. Yeah, optimistically, maybe that's what Jeff is talking about, is that this is a new era. We're not going to be leaning on those old those old players. And, and I think that's refreshing, because 38... You had four uh, returning players, and you and I have kind of talked about I don't remember if we mentioned it on the podcast. It, a case could be made that Edge of Extinction in Season 38 was created to give somebody like Joe Anglum a chance to win. Um, he's going to get voted out. First time he loses individual immunity uh, after the merge, he's going to get voted out. And then he gets that one final chance at Final Five or whatever, whenever the... The edge, cha- the the final edge return challenge is. It kind of felt like maybe that was given that that twist was created so that a guy like Joe could win that return challenge, get back on the island, win one more individual immunity, and, and win the season. Um So you well, had that that season that felt very returner heavy, even though it was I, just even though it was just four of them, it was four well liked, strong personalities. Uh, big names in survivor history. Right. Um, 39, they didn't play, but it was focused on Rob and Sandra. They had giant statues of their faces. (laughs) And then 40 was all returners. So like, if that's what Jeff is talking about, that this is just a hard reset, that, you know, this is going to be all newbies. We're going to go several seasons where we're establishing new talent, then cool. Which I think from my understanding, the first two
1: seasons, 41 and 42, are all newbie seasons. So we are going to get that, apparently. Unless they something changes and they record like 43 and, and air it before 42 and there's some returners, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll air 41, 42, film 43, 44, like they normally do. Um, but I said that to say it looks like we're going to get two newbie seasons right out of the gate. Uh, which is great. I think that, I think that kind of speaks to your point that we're, we're maybe we're getting a hard reset in, in that particular area. You mentioned the arcs kind of ending for some of those folks, which is great. I think that we needed to see those, those arcs end, uh, so to speak for Parv and for Rob and Sandra and, uh, Tyson. Those folks needed to, to end their survivor, uh, time. We talked a little bit about, you, you mentioned even that, that thirty 38, 39 were focused on those folks. I wonder now if the Edge of Extinction was created at 38 to be a trial run for 40. I think that now that we have that hindsight to look back on, because um, it seemed like from what Jeff said at the beginning of last season, at uh, the beginning of 40, that basically Edge of Extinction Had to be involved in that season for those some of those folks to even want to sign up um, because they wanted a chance to battle back their way back into the game because they were at an age and at a point in their in their Survivor career, so to speak, that one million dollars wasn't appetizing enough for them. So they had to up it to two, right? Um, In addition to that, uh, I think needing they needed to almost be guaranteed that they could potentially stay for 40 days uh, or, you know, somewhere in that 35 mark, knowing that they weren't just wasting their time out there, um, especially with their appearance fees. I'm sure those racked up pretty quick. Um, so they almost needed a guarantee that they were going to be on multiple shows. Um, and so part of me thinks that 38 was one designed to help a, a Joe, an Aubrey, Kelly or David, But I think it was also designed as a trial run for 40. All of that to say, everything was focused on veterans. Everything was focused on returnees for the last three seasons, Um, which is great. Like, I love seeing Parv come back. I love seeing Tyson come back. A lot of my favorites played. Tony's my favorite player of all time, and I I got to see him win Survivor again, spoiler alert. Um, I got to see him win Survivor again. Um, that was a lot of fun, but I need to know that this show is going to survive until season fifty or sixty. Um, and those stars from season eight, which was Rob and Amber, that those, you don't have to lean on those folks anymore. So, yeah, I mean, so you have somebody like Ethan that's coming back in from season three, which is phenomenal. But man, we're forty seasons in. Do I really need to continue to lean on somebody that was there for the, the second third season of, of, of this show? I mean you're talking you're you're still pulling from a talent pool that's eighteen years old. You've got players now that are that are playing this game for the first time that weren't alive when Ethan <laughs> when Ethan played. I mean that's how far they've had to pull you know, to pull from the talent pool. They've They've gone all the way back to when some of these survivor fans, super fans weren't even born yet when Ethan was on the show. Yeah. So it's nice to see them kind of make, hopefully pivot away from, from so returner heavy, build some new superstars in the next, I think first, the first four seasons of this so-called rebirth of survivor is a good chance to build all those folks because I think what you can then do is take, uh, 30, I guess it's like 37, David Goliath, 38, Edge of Extinction, 39, Island of the Idols, 41, 42, 43, and 44. You've got basically six, seven seasons there. I'm not math, I don't math, but six, seven seasons there where you can pull from all relatively newbie casts, folks like Rick Devins that we want to see play again, but I want to wait till we've got a pool of, of, of four, four or five seasons worth of other great returnees to bring back with him.
0: Yeah, and I mean you can even reach as far back as what is it, thirty three is that millennials versus Gen X, or is that thirty two? Um sounds like 33. 30 30 it's either thirty it's either thirty two or thirty three. Either way. Like right. Jay has never has never been back on Survivor. He's been on right. challenge the challenge but he's never been back on Survivor. So that you know, Hannah from that season. Um, <laughs> even as far back as Kagian you've got guys like you got people like LJ that have never been back. So I I think you're right. The thing that concerns me, and and I'm so glad that because I actually went back last night and watched Jeff's video to try to find the line that, that made my eyebrows go up. And it's the exact line you talked about, because if what he's talking about is this hard reset concept that we've been discussing, that's good. But man, if they're going to change that game too much, what they need to realize, and it seems silly for me to like try to lecture on my on our little, you know, low low outreach podcast to try to lecture Jeff Probst and Survivor on on how to run their show. But at the same time, I just hope they realize that like 20 years ago when Survivor launched, there was a huge appetite for reality television. Mm-hmm. Both both competition-based reality television like Survivor and Ray Brother (laughs) and just general reality TV. There was a stretch there in the early 2000s where if you made a show, and even into like 2008, 2009, 2010, if you made a show about um, stock boys at middle market grocery stores, people would watch it. Like the yeah. reality TV was just so stinking huge and to, to an oh, almost abs, to an almost absurd degree that um you could stand to make some changes to survivor and uh, do some take some risks. It's not that way anymore, especially and at the time, you didn't have streaming platforms. If mm-hmm. people wanted if people wanted to watch television, they had to sit down and if they've got fifty ch- channels, you gotta find something on those 50 channels. But it's not that way anymore. If I want to, if Survivor's not good, I can go watch a, 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 it. I'm running through. I'm, this is going to make you happy. I'm running through How I Met Your Mother right now. Yeah. Like if if I I do it to the Braves all the time when the Braves are like right now. If I wasn't recording with you, they're losing. I think it's five to one to the Phillies and looking mm-hmm. like a dead fish. I'd be yep. watching How I Met Your Mother right now. And it's the same right. thing with Survivor. If they come back and they try to change too much, and if it's a really a brand new game, like Jeff was saying, it could be the thing that propels them to season 60, like you were talking about, or it could be the thing that makes people go, well, I can so- watch How I Met Your Mother, or I can watch The Office, or I can watch... I Heck, I can go back and watch old seasons of Survivor that I actually enjoyed. Right, well, and that's, that's the thing now. Like, I've got probably every
1: streaming platform you can think of, and I'm literally watching through white-collar and game of thrones for the second and 17th time, I think. Um, cause as much and Oh, and Seinfeld, like I'm watching three different shows right now. And it really just depends on what device I'm, I'm on. Like if I'm on my Roku, like the HBO app's not great. So I'll pull up Hulu. Um, I'm on my phone and just, you know, doing whatever I pull up, you know, HBO, whatever it may be, but I've got two or three shows that I've seen them all the way through, Jeremy. Like, I don't need to watch these shows again, but, if there's nothing currently on TV that, that interests me, I'm just not going to watch it. And the same thing goes for, like, you were mentioning, like, the Braves. You know, there's been some times this season where, like, I'd go through stretches of two weeks where I'd just rather watch anything but the Braves. Um, and I'm a big Braves fan. I love watching Braves games. But, you know, and, and the same thing goes for Survivor. You're right. I mean, if Survivor comes back and starts laying duds every week, it's going to probably turn into a situation where like I might skip two or three weeks, come back, watch them all in a row, see if there's any kind of, if I have any interest after watching those two or three episodes, and if it's not good, I'm just probably not gonna watch the season. Um, and and look, I'm, I'm optimistic because I, it's been, it's been a year. Um, my hope is that we're going to get a season that is fast and, you know, um, Action packed, and we're going to get a, you know, something that that I don't want it to come back as a game that just doesn't even resemble what we're used to seeing. Exactly. Um,
0: Basically, the the and, and everybody is this way. You had two hard choices. Well, you saw baseball. since we're talking about baseball, uh, they did it for supposedly pandemic reasons. I I'm not really. I I don't recall how this was related to the pandemic, but you know, the National League uh, tried to D- use the DH last season. I uh, well, have never had a DH. chance to
1: test some things.
0: Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> right. But, like, the point being that, like, if they had tried to do the DH, if there hadn't been a pandemic and the season had, kicked, had tipped off in in late March like it was supposed to, and they had tried to do a DH in the National League, it probably would have gotten a lot more pushback than it did. But because we were so starved for live sports, they they came out with all kinds of random crap. And people were just like, yeah, whatever. Just play baseball. We don't care. Yeah. So there's a – it's a fine line, and there's two ways they could have gone with this season. This was the perfect opportunity to try some new things because at least for a couple of weeks, we're going to give it a lot longer leash than we normally would because we're just going to be so happy to have it back. Um. But there was also a really big opportunity and you and I talked about this, and I believe in our last episode, if it made it to the final edit. um, It was also a real opportunity to strip it back down and just do a season where it's like, yeah, we're going to have a couple of idols and you're going to have to use some clues to find them and uh, we're maybe going to have a couple of advantages, but you're going to have to win them. There's not going to be any of this just finding a tree stump kind of thing and we're going to they really could have stripped it back down and could have done a very basic Survivor game and really gotten away with it because we're so starved. So yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> the doing it that way, where you just strip back and do a, a real basic Survivor game that you know your hardcore fans are going to love, That's the that's the high floor option, to borrow a sports scouting term. That's the right. high floor option, that you know if you do that, your fans are going to like it and you're not going to lose any fans. But you're probably not going to draw in any new fans that way because that version of Survivor has been on for 20 years. People have had plenty of opportunity to to tune into that Survivor. Whereas if you come out with a drastically changed game, it's the high ceiling option, meaning there may be people that go, hold on, this is dope, this is new. They see clips of it on social media and they go, this is not what I remember Survivor being. I want to watch this but it's also the lower floor option that right. you run the risk of not drawing in those new fans. Uh, I, I think about NASCAR. NASCAR has been this way where they've made a bunch of changes that didn't draw in new fans and also lost them old fans. And I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried. My worry is that that's what Survivor is doing. When I hear things like Survivor 2.0 and you can drop the four and it's just season one, it, it, it concerns me that, they've, that they're going to change too much and they're going to lose a lot of loyal fans, and they're going to end up off the air.
1: Right. And I think that you definitely run that risk. And I think it's going to come down to um, really how far did they go in either direction. Um, because if they went too far into the stripping it down, there's a chance that we're going to miss out on some of those key components that we've drawn to – To love, which I I know there's a lot of fans that don't feel like the way that you and I do. I love idols.
0: Oh, me too.
1: I I, I enjoy when an idol is played correctly. Um, It just adds so much drama to the show. Um, And I think it really, for me, if you look at some of the, the best moments over the last. I guess that got introduced at, at, uh, at Cook Islands in season 14-ish. They get the first idol ever, if I'm not mistaken, it was Cook Islands, but it was very different from the idol we see today. Um, it was one where, like, it was almost like the Super Idol. Um, I don't know if you've seen the season with the Super Idol yet. So, um,
0: but I, mean, I, I, I know the concept, yeah.
1: Right, so the Super Idol, you can play after the votes are read. Um it was, it was like that. It was basically the OP idol. Um, you, you could save yourself after you knew you were already going home. So basically, Yule, who got it, was able to say, eh, yeah, well, if you vote me out tonight, I'm going to get to make the decision of who goes home because I know that I'm going to play the idol. And a lot of folks were scared to vote him out because they knew he could just say, yeah, we're going to cancel that out. But basically, you needed somebody to sacrifice themselves to take Eula. You needed somebody to say, all right, I'm willing to go home tonight. Well, you need everybody to say, look, I'm willing to go home tonight, but we've got to flush that idol. The only way to do that is, is one of us is going to get shot home. And then you guys make sure you get him out the next week. Otherwise, he's going to run his way to the end. He never had to play that idol, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Or he played it, you know, with the last one where he had to play it. And he played it for somebody else. Um, so we, we've seen that progression from that particular idol into the idols that we've seen. Or you know, uh, Russell had some great moments where he was finding idols. Um,
0: first time to ever find an idol without a clue. Um, I, and that's that, some that's something I wish we'd get back to. Is I do wish they'd get back to cl- And obviously, people can still find them without clues. But I don't like that the idol... I'm not crazy about the fact... I won't say I don't like it, but I would prefer if the idols were hidden in such a way that you needed a clue... that most people would need a clue to find it. Does that make right. sense? Well, like, th- th- you, I, think th- Kage, I think about I think about on. Like, Tony had to find one at the bottom of a lagoon taped to... or, like, tied to a log. Like, right, yeah. those kind so, of idols... Like, let's go back to some of those kind of things where... Sure, someone could have just been swimming in that lagoon and thought, I'm going to dive down and see what's down there and found an idol. But odds are you would have needed a, a clue. I would love to get back to that. So it, it, I don't know if you – we're currently watching
1: a little bit of Samoa now, or we, we were before we got a little derailed with some stuff. But, um, so hopefully this doesn't spoil it too much. But Russell finds them without clues, but it's not because clues don't exist. Right, he 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 finds the one because he literally walks in the camp and goes, "That tree's weird. I'm gonna look."
0: Yeah, he was right, and then there was which is dumb logic because I don't think the tree looked weird because it had an idol in it. It was just a weird looking tree that they happened to put an idol in. Right, but he made the assumption that it was a tree that was put there
1: specifically to put an idol in. Yeah. Yeah, was it dumb? Yeah, but it worked.
0: I mean, we in our watch through in our watch through, we've seen that episode, and, and I you. already and I already knew that he was the first on that season to find an idol without a clue. And when I saw how he did it, I was like, "Oh, so it was all just luck then." It's not like he had watched seasons because I know in um, Token Jeans is a perfect example. The idol was hidden at the back of the tree mail statue thingy, right. and so I assumed that he had like watched Survivor and he like knew that. Will you And then in China, it was like the idols were mounted to that little archway thing. So right. I assumed it, it would be one of those things where he would look, there would be some sort of structure that Survivor brought there, and he would just kind of pick around at it and find the idol. No, he looked at a tree and thought, that tree looks dumb. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a look and see if there's an idol, and he happened to be right.
1: Well, but then he finds another one the same way, and this and, uh, this one will probably spoil it for you, but it's fine. He, he, he's walking across the bridge you when know, he's about to go home that night, He goes, huh, I should check under this bridge. I bet there is an idol. And there was was an idol strapped up underneath the bridge. But if you're watching that and you're you're not thinking about, especially if you're watching it in real time, and you're not thinking about the other, like, 20 seasons that we've had since then, you're sitting there thinking, wow, this dude is good. Like, he, he has pulled off the impossible. And these people are reading the clues that they're getting, at the reward challenges, they're getting these clues, you know, at various uh like falling out of some of the like the equipment that they win. And he's just sitting there going, Mm-hmm, yeah, that I don't yeah. know where that could be,
0: brother. And I it, and I would keep and, and I would keep that element too. I would keep that you know, I wouldn't retrofit it and like take those clues out. I would let those people find those clues, but I would love to get back to that element. But I also love, like, you know, you and I are obviously partial to Rick Devons. We've talked about that. He's from here. We both knew him, or at least I did, knew him before he was on Survivor. Um, but like, I enjoy those nighttime scenes where he's just running around the jungle, climbing, climbing tree branches right over the camp. I love, to me, that's fun television. My That's favorite fun. moment
1: from that season wasn't anything to do with him finding an idol. It's when he made the fakes. Yeah, and he starts running through the. He's already found the idol, the actual idol, and he starts running through, talking about, "I'm going to find it." And he makes them run around all day looking for it with him.
0: Yeah, it was and great. He's already got it. That's just fun television to me. Um, but I think I, I do think that if they dialed it back mm-hmm. and went back to a, the clue-based idols, and you would, especially if they were in Fiji. In that same island where they're recycling camps, you would still have people that would know the gist of like where you're gonna hide them, and people right. would still find them but you could find you could come up with some some newer locations that required um that required clues and i I think that could could add some some spice to it a little bit um yeah um i I also would really like if they would bring back.
1: Um, some of those earlier like reward challenges where, and I know they did a little bit in thirty nine with I think this is like Applebee's or something. Um, <laughs> it I, was Applebee's. I enjoy the sponsored uh the sponsors giving you know having those like I don't know there was just something about like was it was a token chains where they did a toilet paper sponsor. Uh, yeah, everybody got super excited to have toilet paper for the first time. I just, would too.
0: Of all of the things, fun. yeah, of all of the like, I think I can honestly go like, especially if I'm just around other people that aren't showering. I can go 39 days without taking a shower. That wouldn't bother me too much. Um, going 39 days without like actual toilet paper, I, I would not enjoy that. Right. No. Like but that would be something that if in fact if I came up to a challenge. Where I could get a roll of real toilet paper, or I could choose that, or like food items. I might choose the toilet paper. Yeah, because you're probably more confident. You're definitely more confident you can find food than find us. They're not gonna let me starve. They're not gonna let me starve on on camera. They're gonna feed me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have food at some point. Yeah, I did, I can't take a fishing pole and go out there and catch toilet paper in the ocean. Right, I, I cannot. That's not how that works. But uh, but go like, <laughs> but thinking along those
1: lines though, Jeremy, of the fishing things like that, I don't want them to get back to the show of me watching thirty minutes of Rupert Spearfish. No, no, no. But, but I want to learn that. Time, it was fun at the time, but I just don't need to see, like, by the fourth episode of that season, I'd probably watched a full hour and 15 minutes of Rupert spearfishing. In case you were wondering, I knew that Rupert Spearfish, he was good right. at it.
0: I didn't and need that's to I, see it every episode. And that's what a lot of fans, especially, you know, we're in the Survivor fan jury group. A lot of fans, th- they recognize that we don't see as much of that anymore. And they just assume that it's easier now and they don't have to do it as much. But that's right. not the case. I think, I really think what's happening is Survivor realizes that like, okay, we've established that fish are caught. This is how fish are caught. They win fish. Like even in some of those seasons, Kaguyan, um, Millennials versus Gen X, China, in those seasons they won fishing gear and we didn't see them use it did they not use it? no, they used it the editors just knew, the producers just knew they didn't have to show us okay, here's Wu going out and catching a fish well, um, like we knew
1: we knew it occurred because they were eating for one but like, yeah, you think back to Token sheet they showed us three or four fishing scenes but they were all like five minutes apiece but each one of those fishing scenes was surrounded by JT making some sort of connection. Right. I think the, if I had to they guess... They had a purpose. They
0: had a point. Right. They had a purpose. But if
1: I had to guess, that man JT probably fished about 60% of the time he was out there. And we saw yeah. probably 1% of those times that he went fishing. Um, because they all served a purpose in the edit. And, it, and I don't even know if we saw him catch... Like Maybe him and Fishback uh, caught one fish together so that they could show that bonding moment of the, like the nerdy guy finally getting his first fish or whatever. But really, outside of that, they didn't ever show JT necessarily catching a fish. We just know he did. But, right. Um, and so, so I think that you do run the risk, if they try to strip it down too much, that they go in a direction in which they feel the need to fill my TV up with them fishing and, you know, doing other things and I would just prefer. Like, I think back to 40, like they showed Tony catching a shark. That was fun. That was cool. Um, my guess is he caught a shark cause that was probably his 10th time going out fishing that week. Um, things like that were great to watch, but I don't need to see it every time they go fishing. And so, And that was something that some of the earlier seasons you saw a lot more of. I do want
0: to see, like, some of that, but I don't need to see a ton I think there needs to be a balance. Because especially, I have noticed in thinking back, we have seen some seasons where fishing gear was a reward. And it was a reward that people wanted to get. But then we never really saw them use that gear. And like you said, it wouldn't take half an episode to show me that. But just show me if their reward challenge in this episode is that they've won fishing gear well when they go back to camp they're gonna use it show them using it and maybe you get lucky and they catch something maybe you don't but show them using it and just i don't know i I would like to see a little more of that kind of stuff a little more of the fishing a little more of the um trying to gather supplies a little more of the struggling but i don't need to see a lot of it um i think
1: some of some of it would have been really good to see the practicing of fire yeah. Um, because you know if they are not practicing, that's a problem. But if they yeah, are and practicing, I, th- I need to see... When especially the ones you... Like, Survivor knows who has to make fire, right? Like, they know before they start editing who ends up having to make fire. Yeah. We we, we assumed that Rick could make fire, right? Like, we, we, we had that in our mind that Rick could make fire. Um, but we should have seen maybe all season because rick talks about it that he went off and practiced a ton um and even though he knew before he went on the show how to do it he when he whenever he had downtime he went and practiced fire that would have been to me something they should have shown and here's why a big part of chris underwood's win sorry for another spoiler if you haven't seen the season but it's been out for two years now um but Chris Underwood, a big part of it was, well, yeah, but he didn't really do a whole lot. Like, he, he he beat Rick Devins at fire, and that's it. Well, if we had seen every couple weeks Rick spending 20, not literally showing us 20 minutes, but, like, him being like, you know, this is my 30th fire I've built this week. And he just says that real quick. Well, all of a sudden, you go into that fire challenge thinking, Oh crap! Chris ain't got a shot. This man yeah. has been practicing constantly. Yeah, or, you know, you know that Chris has been feeding those folks over on Edge. Maybe you show a little bit more of him making fire, and all of a sudden you're like, "This is going to be a battle of the titans." Like these are going to yeah. probably be our best two fire makers of all time pitted together. We never got that. So when they I know this is, face yeah. off, when they went to face off, it just it felt like oh, he happened to get lucky that the wind blew a certain way and Rick's thing went out and his didn't.
0: And but I in think reality, the- they
1: both just knew how to make fire, and one just happened to do it a little faster than the other.
0: I-, I think you're pointing to a larger problem with some of these last few seasons, and it's my biggest problem with 39. Well, my biggest problem with the ending of 39. There are lots of problems with 39. But my biggest problem with the ending is they rely too much on the confessional. They rely too much on us being told that Janet can make fire. I don't remember Janet ever making fire. With the, we were just told she's really good at making fire mm-hmm. because because they were setting up that at final five, Dean was going to make sure that she went home because none of them could beat her. None of them could beat her at fire. But we didn't see them her making fire, and it's the same thing with Tommy. We were told that Tommy made really good connections and that he was a really good strategic player and that he and Lauren worked worked well together, but we didn't see enough of that. Um and, right. and, and what you're when, what you're talking about with 38, it's little things like that. I don't need Tony. And 40 was a great season, don't get me wrong. Did I need eighteen confessionals from Tony in one episode? Now granted, five or six of those were him telling the story of that uh that uh, extortion element that <laughs> I think that I think Parv, I think Parv sent him, but yeah. my point is, like eighteen confessionals for one dude in a one hour episode, even if they're all only one minute long, is a lot of time of that man sitting in front of the camera, and right. that's time that we could have spent showing people making fire, showing people developing relationships, showing people fishing, showing. Showing some of the game, so I think that's something that I would like to see going forward. Is if when you when you're making a video like that, when you're compiling an episode like that, if you have someone saying Janet is really good at making fire, we really have to make sure that Janet cannot, um, that Janet doesn't get to final four because if if she gets to final four, we won't have any control over whether she gets to the finale because none of us will be able to beat her at fire. If you have somebody talking about that, go get video of her making fire. Get so it. Get it. Well, if she's you... good at it, she's probably practicing.
1: Right. Well, and then we, we saw her, if I'm not mistaken, make fire at the very first episode because she she said something about, I'm going to prove that I'm not just the typical old lady that comes out here. Yeah, and so she proved her worth by being the first one that could make fire, and everybody got super excited about. It. That was it. But if you're, if you, unless you're, you watch the show as closely as a super fan like you or I do, you're not going to remember that one moment in the first episode of the season, probably ten minutes into the season, when it comes down to the final five. You're just not going to remember that. Um,
0: and so you're right. Like I think it should. Like if you're going to build these if, stories out, and even if you. And even if you do remember it, just because she made it doesn't mean she's great at it. You know, it just right. means it, it doesn't illustrate that she's an unbeatable force at fire. It just illustrates that she can make a fire. And logically, I would assume that everyone on the island can make fire. <laughs> I know that's not true. Right. But like. My assumption is that if any of them are given the opportunity, they can make fire. Because clearly, as soon as you're chosen for the show, you're going to go get a flint and a machete and and something close one to coconut. The- and you're going to practice. I can tell you right now, if I ever get chosen for Survivor, I'm going to be sitting in my backyard almost every night with a flint and a machete until I can make fire with my eyes closed and one hand tied behind my back.
1: Right. Well... You say that, but if I'm not mistaken, there was one season where Jeff had to give – basically give them a lighter and say, I know this. I'm tired I of know watching that. you,
0: dog. Like, this is, this is awful.
1: Both but if I'm not mistaken, that
0: – but if I'm not mistaken, that was back when
1: – It um, was the 14th. It was before – it was 14th season. It was before it was, they – yeah, they like implemented now, the fire challenge, right? So you now there's know.
0: no excuse. Now you know if you're going to be in final tribal, there is a 33% chance that you just of the uh, not not factoring in the other odds whatsoever, but just factoring in if I am one of the final 3, there is a 33% chance that I had to make fire to get there. Right.
1: Well, and then you you throw out there that um some of the ones that have have been able to use that in their favor, though, is to say, "Man, I don't know how to make fire. You better just send me on to the, the to the to the, the final trouble because yeah, I can't beat old Devin. So you, if you want to avoid him, you better be sending old old Gavin over there to face him, not me. And well, Gavin's that's how
0: like, uh, send that's Jimmy how Tommy that, that's how Tommy got to the finale. <laughs> um, but that one was stupid. Let's just be honest. Like, that yeah, one, that was dumb. Well, I think even Nora, Nora, even like in the way she discussed her decision making, she w- made a flawed decision. Like I think she actually meant to send Dean, and she sent Tommy, right? No, she
1: sent Dean and meant to send Tommy.
0: Yes, she wanted yes. to get rid of Tommy or Lauren. That and was she going. made, and she made the mistake of. Sending she could have just sent. Yeah, she could have sent Tommy. And and that would have made sure that Lauren or Tommy went home, and instead she sent Dean, and it worked out. I mean, she still got the end result she was looking for. Because honestly, if she sends Tommy, whether Tommy or Lauren win that um, challenge, the uh, whoever wins that fi- that fire was going to beat Nora. Maybe there's an outside shot that Dean could have beaten Lauren. I don't know. From my understanding, though, I think Lauren was actually more well positioned than Tommy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance. I'm just saying, like, I know that when the votes played out, Tommy beat Nora and Dean. Correct. I can't, I cannot guarantee you, because the votes didn't happen, of what would happen right. at Lauren. But... Everybody
1: seemed pretty well to think though that Lauren was going to win. Yeah. So I mean, you you really could like that's a bad example because you you, you pretty much knew one of them was winning the show, and you could you should have gotten one of them out before fire. But, but that's they were how, but, also but, in a bad spot because Janet and Elaine would have also beaten Dean or uh, Nora. Yeah, they, no, they, no. They were the two bottom players in the final six.
0: But the, but the And they all got screwed by by the way the, the Dan situation played out. Um Correct. Because they, pr- production allowed him to get to final six or seven before they got rid of it. But the point was, that's how Tommy got to the finale, is pretending he couldn't make fire. Right. Um, and I'm sure... And, 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 and I, do think, fire if he needed to. and I do think in earlier seasons, there may have been an advantage to not knowing how to make fire. Um, because if you're the person who can make fire and you're the person that, that can provide, at a certain point, people are going to target you. They're going to say, listen, we can't let the guy who's been feeding everyone for 30 days get to the finale. Um, so there, at, at, in those earlier seasons, there may have been a strategic advantage to not being great at fire. Right now?
1: They sent sent Rupert and Ozzy home consistently every time they were on the show once they got past the merge because it's like, you know, I can't survive 39 days without food, but I can survive seven. Yeah. Especially when I know they're not, especially
0: when I know in the back of my head they're not going to let me starve on national television. Like they're going to feed me. Right. (laughs) Well, well, I might not get to eat my bountiful uh,
1: fill of fish every night. But I'm still gonna get my cup of rice, and if I win on a couple reward challenges, I'm gonna be eating Applebee's anyway. So
0: I'll and they be fine. and they may throw one of these where I can sit out of immunity and eat some pizza. Like I mean, there's really I can eat. Oh, um, right. But you but, don't want
1: Ozzy to make it to the end because Ozzy's got this great, yeah. You know, reward challenges that he's won. He's won. He's constantly won the immunity challenges. He's provided for us. Same thing with Rupert. He's well-liked.
0: But, you know, in the modern game where fire is something you have to make at the end, I would just assume that everybody is practicing as soon as they get selected. But, again, to get back to the original point, I want to see more of that. I want to see more visual storytelling and less confessionals. Um, Because the other thing I think that does is... If they dial, if they dial the confessionals back some, it's gonna make it harder for the super vans to predict, which I think is good for the game. I don't think it's good for the game that people can sit there and count confessionals and see who's getting the most camera time and see who's getting this kind of edit and predict who's gonna win. If you're showing us more action, that's almost always gonna include more than one person. So yeah, it's a shot. It's a shot of uh player a making fire but player b is right there talking to player a and developing a relationship so is this a shot that's highlighting that player a can make fire or is this a shot that's highlighting how player b can build relationships i don't know instead of a confessional where player a is telling us listen i'm practicing pl- making fire because i just know if i get down to the end that's going to be important it, i think that you can really make a more compelling um tougher to predict show If you're relying more on action and less on confessionals.
1: Well, and that's the one thing, like, that I do enjoy about Big Brother, which I know some of that is Big Brother doesn't know who's gonna win their show. Like, they don't necessarily, like, I mean, you get to a certain point, you have a good idea that if player X makes it, they're gonna win. If player, you know, X makes it, they're gonna win. But, you know, yeah. But, but for the most part, they're, they're, from week to week, they don't know who's gonna get sent home. So, what they, I think they do a really good job of in that show is you get to see some of those moments where, like, some of that drama plays out a little bit more on the screen. You have them come into confessional, talk a little bit about it, but a lot of that is just filling in some blanks. Like, they'll, they'll, so, like, let's say me and Jeremy are, are, you know, coming up with an alliance. I've, I've approached Jeremy, told him I'm coming up with an alliance for him. You get, 14 seconds of me telling you, hey, this is me, you know, yeah, I think Jeremy's a great guy to work with, you know, he and I have become really good friends in this house. Well, then I get to see 50 seconds of me and Jeremy actually having this full-out conversation of why I think we ought to work together. Then they cut back to me in the little diary room, and I'm like, and, you know, when he told me that we were we were solid, I actually felt like I could trust him. Then it was another 60 seconds of being like, uh, of, of me and Jeremy planning out who we're going to bring into the alliance with us. And then it's six seconds of me saying, and now we feel good about our place in the house. That to me is what Survivor needs a little bit more of is, and especially when you, you've already pretty much know who's won your show, um, or at least, you know, your final three, you, you can do a little bit more of that um, because you, you know, kind of some of the outcomes, you know, what yeah. some of those key moments are that you really, really, really need to highlight. And instead of having a one minute confessional with 20 seconds of action, you break that up into like three, four second confessionals of me just narrating real quick. You see a lot of action, narrate real quick, see a lot of action, narrate real quick, see a lot of action. Yep. I think they've leaned into a little too hard on having the great storytellers on the show. Um, it's what made Rick so great was he was a great storyteller, right? Um, and that's fine when you've got a great storyteller. But what happens on some of these seasons where there's just not a, a consistent storyteller? It, it kind of falls flat in my opinion. And maybe I'm, yep. I'm different on that. But if there's not an excellent storyteller like a Rick Devon and a, and some of that though is when they lean so far into that, you get these, these super fans that no longer like Rick Devon. They don't like Rick because Rick gets all the TV time.
0: Right, because they, because Survivor itself has started leaning more on those confessionals. Rick gives the best confessionals, so therefore Survivor is going to lean on Rick. Yeah, so I, I think I think they could solve a lot of problems by leaning away from the confessionals, leaning more towards the action. Um, well, we're at about an hour, so I, I think I think it's probably a good good spot to wrap it up. Um, it's, it's been great, Justin. Hopefully, we can get more consistent with this, and, and especially yeah. as we get more more and more towards September.
1: For sure, and I'd like to maybe maybe finish out a rewatch um, before we get to the new season. And I'll, obviously when the cast release, I think it'd be fun to do a little bit of a draft here, a drafty draft. Yeah, uh, a little
0: time. drafty draft. I don't um, know how we're going to draft since, you know, the only draft we've done was for season 40 where, we, you know, even though I hadn't if, seen most of those seasons, right. I at least knew who those people were. Uh, having a uh, There's going to be a lot of, I'm going to draft this person because he's a plumber.
1: Well, and I think that's that, that'll that be a lot of fun. I mean, we're not going to know. Like, I, I I drafted Tony last time, and a lot of that was Tony's my favorite player of all time. I think I got him, I think we, we did, like, what, five rounds or something? I think I got him in, like, the fourth round, only because I think you and I both, like, I knew it, and I think you looked it up and saw that he finished 19th the last time he was on an All-Star cast. And I think we both kind of shied away from Tony. And I finally was like, yeah, might as well give my boy a shot. And he won. And so but we had a little bit more prior knowledge and it was easier for us to kind of gauge okay well Rob might be a pretty solid one to you know find some idols and because we, we gave points for things like that. So yeah, I mean I think that'll be fun. We'll do a little drafty draft here on the on the podcast and, a little live drafty draft. And then uh give give folks weekly I don't know about week we we'll, you know we'll, we'll see how things go with the when we, when we get into the season but Um, give some folks updates on our draft or on our, our fantasy teams. Uh, you and I are big into fantasy sports anyway, so we're obviously going to do a little fantasy Survivor. Um, I know we did it last year with, with, uh, with our buddy Matt, who I don't think has ever watched Survivor. Um, but we did it for, for, uh, we did it on FanDuel FanDuel. because it was free. (laughs) Well, because FanDuel at that time didn't have anything except for Survivor and, and like
0: online chess or something. And wrestling. (laughs) And wrestling, yeah. <laughs> Which, well, so listen, if you're betting actual money on professional wrestling with actual, uh, where it's legal for them to script who wins, you need some help. Hey man, we, we did it during the pandemic. I didn't bet any right. actual money on it. That that's was true. that was fake money. I'm talking if you're betting real money, like if you're putting real money on things where they could just decide, nope, that's not who's gonna win. Like ten seconds before the match starts, you 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 need some help. Seek help, <laughs> friends. Seek help. Sneak anyway, out. it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, Justin. We'll do it again another day. Sounds good, buddy.